welcome again um, with our frequent podcast called Wear Many Hats, inspired by Ethan Hawkey. Throughout the year, I, David Punter, the Business Development Director for Hawkey Cleaning and Support Services, shall be interviewing prominent FM and procurement subject matter experts across a range of industry market sectors. It is these people with their knowledge and wealth of experience that will inspire the next generation of young professionals. Our objective is to share our guests' story and experiences to help motivate, engage and inspire others into the industry. Through Wear Many Hats podcast, we hope our listeners will gain new perspectives, insights and learn about the strategies to develop their careers in the FM procurement business. It gives me great pleasure to introduce Gareth Davis from Alliance Partners UK. And without further ado, I think that leads me to my first set of questions. So Gareth, I wanted to just go back in the sort of annals of time into where your journey into procurement can you give me a little bit of an idea of how you started into um, this Yes. Career? So, uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me on your, on your podcast. Um, I started working for Allianz Partners in 1999. It was, a, it was actually my first ever office job, and I um, thought I'd give it six months, and then I'll go and get a proper job. <laughs> um, and that was working in the call centre. Over a period of time, I um, had a, uh, various roles that uh, resulted in me uh, being the head of motor assistance, so Alliance Partners, we're the largest uh, assistance company in, in the world, and okay. we provide assistance uh, globally. So I was looking after the motor uh, assistance side of the business. Oh, sorry, where was where was that based? In Croydon. Okay, in Croydon. In, some people were saying sorry, <laughs> but Greater London. Um, and um, part of that role was actually managing relationships with suppliers from an operational perspective. Um, I worked on some various projects with colleagues um, across Europe, so I was involved in a couple of projects that involved uh, Scandinavia, the Nordics and Baltics, and by 2014 we were going through a restructure, and I had the opportunity to move into a head of procurement role, which was a new function, because historically um, there was no central function for procurement or for managing the the, the various networks that we had. So in 2014 I, I... had the opportunity to move into that role because I had enjoyed, you know, the um, the supply relationship aspect of my role when I was uh, in in operations. Okay. So that's kind of how I fell into it. Um, I didn't have a background as such. So you had no previous procurement background before. No. It was just that you in, you yeah. found a niche, you enjoyed it. Yeah, very much so. Um, in fact, um, my wife's uh, best friend uh, works in procurement and has worked in. Uh, procurement for many years and I used to mock her that she was a glorified shopper so now she that those tables have turned and she okay. yeah, <laughs> she now she now uh, I'm sure she now uh, reminds me of that and now uh, you're a glorified shopper exactly so um so yeah so I, I, you know it was never on like a lot of people in procurement you know it was never the plan um and then after about a year uh, I thought right I need to really start taking this seriously because you know I, whatever I do, I always like to try and do do my best. So I started with my SIPs uh, qualifications. Okay, this was in what two thousand fifteen. Yes, going into two thousand six. Okay, yes, two thousand fifteen stroke sixteen. Um, my first year was self study. Right. Um, 
that was hard going, if I'm honest. Uh, so there's uh, year two and three, I went through a, through a school. And did Alliance support you in that? Yes, so that was paid for by, by Alliance Partners. Okay. Uh, and then once I, uh, I finished my SIPs, um, I found this new sort of love for learning. I left school at 16. Um, so I found this new love uh, for learning, so then went on and, and uh, took a master's as well. So, uh, okay, so which coincided with COVID <laughs> and lockdown. So, yes. so it's interesting. So you didn't... Um, you, you you did your formal qualifications much later. So people that are leaving school probably at, you know, 16, 18, there is still this route in through uh, being, um, learning whilst on the job. Yeah, very, very much so. And I think also, um, you know, there's, there's apprenticeship schemes as well. Okay. That people, uh, you know, that people... And does Alliance do, do apprenticeship schemes? Uh, we don't ourselves, but Alliance as in the, the wider company. Okay, uh, do, yeah. okay, it's interesting. So uh, what is it that you like about, now that you've been very established and, and in a very senior role at Alliance, what is it you like about the procurement role? Uh, for me, it, you have um, a real view of the business. Okay. It isn't a, a, a line of business or a function that we don't get involved with to a greater or lesser degree. Okay. Um, so, you know, you build a really good network across business it gives you from a just from a pure you know um, uh, business studies kind of un understanding you get that breadth as across all to, departments uh, across all departments you know whether it is whether it is actually you know your, your finance team which is kind of if you like more, perhaps more, some of the more obvious ones but whether it's HR marketing uh, you know uh, IT the, you know the whole breadth of I'm uh, going to put you on the spot a little bit here is that what's the easiest department to deal with oh Probably facilities, actually. And I say okay. that because I look after multiple areas. And the reason why is they're clearer in, in what's required. Okay. Um, we get, for instance, um, we we get a lot of tenders that we have to respond to, which then means sometimes we have to put a tender out to a, a supply chain. Okay. And the timescales can be quite tight. And... You know, my colleagues will have a good idea of what they want, but through that process, it will evolve. Right. And because it's quite time, quite tight timescales, that okay. can be a challenge sometimes. It's a challenge for them, and it's right. a challenge for us. Um, so it's not because they're difficult. It's because just the way that we as a business respond to clients and, okay. and you know, potential clients. So, so um, you're saying that facilities are probably the easiest department to deal with? Yes, because... Because they know what they want. Exactly. But, okay, so on the other flip side of the coin, of course, I'm going to ask you, is that what's what's a, perhaps a more challenging department to deal so with? So it is, as I say, where, where we deal with our account managers. So facilities is um, it's quite cyclical, whether it's your maintenance schemes, you know your periods of, uh, of maintenance, you identify where they perhaps needs some remedial work, you right. know, cleaning, all that sort of thing. You know, it's... It, it's quite cyclical and we have a we kind of what I like to put it is you know we move to the kind of a beat of a drum we kind of okay. there's nothing really yeah. we don't get too many unexpected no. events but other but departments could be exactly. more un unexpected though. so sometimes our assistance uh, our assistance platform so if we one line of business we have is on motor assistance okay. so some of the uh, prestigious motor manufacturers in the UK we provide roadside assistance to okay uh, and if if their customers need assistance, we have, you know, we have to go out, try and fix their car. If we can't, we, we get them into a, a, 
a retailer and provide them with hire cars, taxis, hotels, whatever's, okay. you know, whatever's right, needed. Um, and sometimes, for whatever reason, that, that can't be um, fulfilled. It might be because of the customer's location, the time of night. There's things that sometimes just just go wrong. Right. And, and we have to respond to that quite quickly because people are in a, in a potentially dangerous uh, situation. situation. So, okay. so, you know, that's where um, we sometimes are quite responsive. We plan, 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 but we always have to respond to, to events. And that is where the, okay. it, it can be more of a challenge than perhaps, as I say, something like facilities or even, you know, HR where, you know, we, we know contract dates, you know, the, we uh, liaise with the business owners managing their individual, um, right. you know, their individual suppliers. Okay, I mean, it's interesting because, because I, I, I mean, for, my, for me, I didn't realise that uh, a head of procurement would be involved in those day-to-day procurement issues so, so well, it's my team. It's me right. and my team. Oh, okay. Talk about it. It's me and my team. So, it, it, and that falls within your department. Yeah. yeah. So, so we have um, my we have what we class as core business and corp and corporate spend. So, core business right. is all around essentially how we the daily the, yes work. What, what we provide assistance to customers and, and support to clients etc. And then corporate spend will be things like facilities, your marketing, your HR consultants, right, etc. That's it's an education for me too, actually. So it, it, the industry you're in is 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 financial insurance yes. based industry. Yeah. So which kind of answers my next question, really. So we won't need to go into too much detail on that. But looking now, which skills are um, do you think are required for your job? Um, I think probably most important is listening. Um, it's listening to what people tell you but it's also listening to what they don't tell you making mm-hmm. sure that, but because by listening you're able to identify try and pin them down in terms of what they actually want what they are okay. actually saying so whether it's a supplier you know some you know we have very good relations we tend to have strategic partnerships with our suppliers because of the nature of our, our business we're not buying widgets we're buying right. ser- predominantly services yeah um so it is important to have strategic um you know strategic relationships so um Sometimes you have to listen to what they're not saying as opposed to what to what they are saying. And something I've learned, um, and I was very bad at it, if I'm honest, to start with, is when you're listening, listen properly and don't listen to answer, to jump in. I think sometimes you get so hung up on wanting to respond. Yeah, of what you're going to really say. Listening. Yes. So um, I used to be quite bad at that, if I'm honest. I, I used to jump, jump in you know, with both feet. And I've, it's something that through working in procurement, I've got much, much... Okay. Much better. And and so you will have a, a whole rake of suppliers that you're working with, I assume yeah. preferred suppliers. Yeah. So there could be some that are for the day-to-day stuff and, 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 and some that are, let's say, for the facilities management of your buildings or something, because yeah. that comes under your remit yeah. too. So your remit is very wide in terms of, yeah. as you said, it's the, 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 the core business of your day-to-day operating, but also the premises and the, all of those particular things as well. Is, is, is that yeah. correct yeah. In, in that assumption? Okay. Exactly. So for me, listening is important. I have people in my team who have, who are in effect subject matter experts. Okay. So it's having trust with my team. Um, How big is your team? So um, we have, uh, on the road... On the road, on the assistance side, uh, there's two supplier development managers. Okay. And then I have six on the facilities uh, team. Gosh. So it's 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 a fair it's a fair size, 
um, and then we liaise with other business owners uh, as well. Okay. Uh, so it's we operate a matrix in a matrix organisation. So there's lots of dotted lines. Okay. Um, so yeah. So for me, it's it's very much about um, listening and being able to uh, have an inquisitiveness. Okay. Uh, and then I suppose a more te- from a more technical perspective. The role is becoming more technologically, yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, advanced. There's lots of te- technological integration that, that's taking place. Right. And I think it's important that, uh, you know, as a function, we keep on on top of that. Even some of the areas that we we're not necessarily moving into, but we we are aware, because you, okay. you know, six months, twelve months, eighteen months down the line, you don't. Right. So you would be responsible for like if I don't know, Alliance decided it wants a whole load of new computers to purchase or something that would come under the, the procurement Yes, side. not not computers because we have Alliance have their own okay. IT company, but yes. Right. Would you like yes. and things like that? Yes. Yeah. So um, AI and things yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, so we work with, with various uh, suppliers and have integrate have different integration, for instance, on our travel insurance, there's medical screening. So okay. even though that's the software, that falls under um, oh, okay. under, like, I, I, procure, I, I, more to do with procurement yeah. than it does with with uh, technology, so okay. software as a service falls yeah. under 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 my, okay. my So you you mentioned uh, you know one of the key skill, skills required for your job is being a good listener. Uh, what what else would you say is a key uh, skill for 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 your for your role? So uh, I say inquisitiveness, but and negotiation obviously. Um, it's is it all about price though? No, it's about value for me. Okay, um, that can be a soft conversation sometimes. Be, be, <laughs> being honest, uh, and more perhaps more so at, at the moment. You know, um, we've had lots of conversations with our suppliers um, over the last uh, you know twelve months because of the impact of I imagine of, of inflation, um, and it's up to us to be you know a fair you know a fair client to, to those suppliers. And we've had some tough conversations with our clients as, as well. So you know, it's a knock on effect. It's a knock on effect. So yes. Um, but at the same time, you know, you need to be able to to negotiate and make sure that the service that you think you are buying is is that. Yeah. And if you decide that you don't want to pay a particular price because you feel that the cost element of that is too much, right? Then what is it you do get for a lower cost? Because what you can't necessarily do is say, right, you know, you want ten pounds, we'll give you seven pounds, but we still want the same the same service. Yes. Now you might or, meet you might meet at nine pounds, and yes. that's all fine. We'd but, like uh, to meet at nine pounds, then, yeah. wouldn't we? So, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's that whole kind of just just work. as I say, we tend to have strategic partnerships. So when we negotiate, you know, we we already, I suppose, sometimes it's almost a, a, a I'm trying to think of the word something that can make the negotiation challenging because we, yeah. we know each other so well. It's difficult for them to come to us with something that would be potentially, you know. Um, Outrageous, and it's difficult for us to, to be too too harsh on them because we know each other's businesses. So most of our relationships on on you know go back 10, 15, 20 years. So we know yeah. each other's businesses re- really but well, I, and I the cost the costs that are I think what you mentioned though, which was a key point, is the reasonableness and fairness. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here with insurance companies in particular. Yeah. Is that you know we all know that a lot of the premiums have gone up quite considerably. Um, so you are, let's say, not raking it in, but you are, there is that, there is, you know, quite a lot of percentage that's going on insurance premiums, uh, you know, across the board. So the money's there. 
Um, so do, do you not feel that that, that that reasonableness can be stretched? Yes, yeah, but that's again that, because that's say, how that, I would negotiate. That, with, that, that comes to that again to, to, to fairness. So, from my from my perspective, you know, um, we are a, a business within the UK, and it's up to me to help ensure that we remain a profitable business yeah. unit. I also look after Ireland to a degree as well, and and, and the same principle applies. Allianz are a huge insurance company that make a lot of money every year. Yes. And sometimes that can be used or attempt to be used to beat us over the head because, as you say, you know, make lots of money. But that's Allianz as a parent company and not and, and not as and we have our own profit, you know, our own P and L. Yeah. To to, okay. to to look after. So, you know, we we work hard to. When you have a strategic partnership, the idea is that everybody everybody wins yeah you know it, it, it's a win-win no win situation no, yeah as, as i mentioned we are buying services if a company is not happy with what we are doing what sort of service are they going to give to our our customers and to our mm -hmm. clients customers it's not yeah. it's not going to work no uh, so so yes we do try to be as okay be, good fair, fair, fair point so in let's say typical day um at work for you I mean, I would always say that there's probably no such thing as a exactly. typical day. Yeah. But uh, what what is it? What is a let's say a typical day so, for, for Gareth? So you're right. There isn't isn't really such a thing as a typical day. But normally, uh, I'm up about quarter past five. Um, I go to the gym. Uh, the gym's near, near my work. Uh, I then uh, get into work. I'm at my desk by about seven thirty. I have my breakfast and at I, your desk. Yeah, and I read through uh, some trade newsletters that come through. Every morning, I'll have a look at the news. Um, if you like, ease myself into my day, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, just just get a feel for what's going on, sort of outside of uh, business. It's it's a half an hour where I just kind of right bring myself up to speed with with anything. So okay. I have insurance industry bulletins, uh, SIP supply chain management, um, and this all comes through on daily. daily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. It's just it's just a good way to keep on on on, on top of things, and, and that's highlighted by you know pre-COVID, SIPs were sending uh, bulletins around COVID because of an impact on supply chains in exactly. in China. Yeah. Whereas some of my colleagues within uh, the business, it was it was all happening a long way away, and it didn't really appreciate. I mean, none of us I think really appreciated it, but didn't really think that it was something that would necessarily imp hit our shores. Um, so I was able to start to take some measures ahead of. Okay. Ahead of time. What would you say um, to someone uh, by way of advice um, if they were starting a career off in the sort of FM or sorry procurement? I well, yeah. In, embed yourself. Find out as much as you can. Don't pigeonhole yourself. Try everything. You know, you've got hard, you know, hard facilities. Some people perhaps have a bit more of an uh, engineering. Yeah. Uh, uh, bent in terms of their learning so you know you've got all the hard hard uh, facilities that go with that some people perhaps might prefer more the, the, the soft facilities but just try just try everything understanding each and of get, those a real, get a real broad understanding and then and then see see where where you know you tend to naturally might you know be be sort of attracted uh, okay but for me it's very much get as broad uh, a knowledge as, as possible you know when i moved into facilities I thought I had a reasonably good idea of what was involved, and I couldn't have been. It couldn't have been further from the truth. You know, it was a real learning learning curve. My team were really tolerant <laughs> of my stupid questions, um, because you know, 
I, I now say to my team, because sometimes they don't understand why people um, take so many things for granted, but it's because they don't need to know. They don't need no. to know. We, we have a, on our, our top floor is where all our air handling units and air conditioning, etc. They don't, people don't know the amount of work that goes into keeping those, those running. And they don't need to know. No. They don't need to know. Um, and it's, and it's uh, a credit to my team and the work that they've done that, you know, people don't need to know because it's only when it goes wrong then, when people start asking, asking questions. So get as broad a, um, a knowledge as, 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 as possible and, okay. then see, and then see which, which, you know, which one really you, you okay. feel uh, Thank you. you so like. looking specifically, though, at facilities management, do you think, has the way that facilities management procurement changed over the years? Um, I think so. I think there is more, uh, as we mentioned about the difference between value and cost. Okay. I think there's a lot more focus now on, on, on value. I also think that the um, impact of um, good facilities procurement and um, you know, design with its you know, offices, etc. The impact that has on uh, productivity, etc. Now is more widely okay. acknowledged. It's not just about. You know, I, I come from a call centre background, and um, you know, probably twenty years ago, it was just getting as many bums on seats as you could in in, in quite Boxes a condensed, in, in quite like a condensed that. area where that's not the you know that's not the case anymore. So, um, so yeah, I do I do think it's changed, and I also think that the way that. Um, as we say, things you know around uh, sustainability, etc. There's a lot more again than, than than price. So, whereas a lot of facilities management, I think, was probably you know classed as tactical, yeah. it's actually now perhaps a bit more str strategic for uh, for a lot of businesses. Okay, okay, um, and as a procurement specialist. You do um, you intend to stay on top of the relevant market trends? Um, yeah, we, we, we um, as I say, I have my uh, my various news bulletins. I listen to podcasts. I, I have a dog, so when I'm walking the dog, I, I have my headphones in. And Is that your podcasting podcasts. time then, when you're walking the dog? Primarily, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so whether it is, uh, you know, I listen to, you know, I've got... Um, uh, I can't even remember the name of the, the book I'm listening to at, at the moment. Um, it's a, by a gentleman who is um, a hostage negotiator. Okay. And it's, it's really interesting. It's so interesting. I can't remember the name of it. But um, Well, we're not going to hold you hostage, <laughs> uh, but, um, but yes, I listen to various, uh, listen to various uh, audio books in there and, uh, and podcasts and try and, get, again, get quite a broad uh, you know, exp, uh, okay. information. So information. do you think... Um, Obviously, COVID has, has made a dramatic um, effect on uh, how we work and um, and that. And but do you think? I mean, from from our point of view, we're a cleaning and support services company. Do you think it's kept suppliers and procurers more at arm's length? I only think it's kept suppliers at arm's length. If you want to keep suppliers at arm's length, I think COVID is a convenience experience excuse for people who want to keep their suppliers at arm's length because you may engage in a slightly different way whether it's over teams you know or you know telephone calls etc you might not meet face to face quite as much as you did okay but if that supplier is important to you then you you, you will find you, you will maintain that that relationship if it's somebody that actually for whatever reason you it's given you that opportunity to, to perhaps put that space that that uh, had 
previously closed over time, okay. then then you will use that as an opportunity. So it probably has for some, but I think if if a supplier is important to you, then then you work you work around. You it. make it you make it work. Yeah. So how has hybrid working affected um, sort of your approach to procurement for uh, service uh, uh, to a building? So we have. Um, so from a facilities perspective, we now um, have quite a, a wide... Uh, we won a large co contract through uh, during COVID. So our headcount went from 450 to 800 people. Okay. Uh, and prior to COVID, we had about three home workers. And then all of a sudden, everybody's working from home. So it was a real, it was a real learning curve. Um, so now we have... Um, probably about 300 people that are either field-based or, or, or home workers. How many offices do you have? One, one in the UK. It's the yeah. Croydon office, yeah. right? Um, and, and that works on a, on, a hybrid, on a hybrid basis. So we now send out quite a lot of kit to, to people. Right. Um, so in terms of how we support those people, whether it is virtual workstation assessments, making sure that they have the right equipment, you know, the desks are set up at the, say, the right height, etc. Um, that the environment that they're working in is is, is suitable. Um, we we spend a lot of time uh, around that side of things. Right. Of course, you but wouldn't they, know if they're working from their sofa, though, would you? No, and you know um, historically, where you would you would have people who had laptops who may work from home occasionally. They may well sit on their right. sofa, but when you've got people who are working from home for long periods of time, they, you have to go into yeah. that sort of uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, assessment and things. Yes, because you get people. You know, if the if the table's too high, their wrist starts to ache, and etc. So, or, or even if the screens, their neck being being crooked. Um, and then, from an office perspective, it's about attracting people into the, into the office. So we are looking at how we have more collaborative spaces as okay. opposed to just desks and meeting. You know, so it was six floors of desks, one floor of, of meeting rooms, pretty much. So we've that's how you have it at the moment. That's what it was pre pre COVID. Okay. Um, so we we have um, you know we're working on having more collaborative spaces. Um, we're using technology, so we have more conference suites now because even when people are coming to the office, there's still a number of people who who yeah. aren't. Um, so trying to make it just a, a more appealing place for people okay. has that already been implemented it's um, or is it still going through it's still going way? through one of the okay. challenges we have is there's a large construction site outside our office at the moment um, so for instance one of our car parks is closed because of falling debris right um, so it means that getting everybody into the office quite as much as we would have um, isn't it, it, we're probably a few months behind where we would where we okay. would like, like to be so Back to procurement. So, what what is the next big thing in procurement uh, for that we have to look out for? Um, for me, the next big thing in procurement really is uh, is something that is already happening, which is supply chain security. So, it's something that we focus on anyway. And you notice with manufacturers that they are starting to insure uh, a lot more because you know because of COVID and of course the war the war in Ukraine. Um, and so, in terms of security, I mean supply chain resilience. Or yes. Okay. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, from a resilience perspective, so um, it's something we've always tried to do because we're an assistance company. We try not to rely on any single provider. We always have a, a backup. We'll have a primary, uh, a plan B, a, 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 supp a supplier, but we'll always try to make sure we have back, uh, backup suppliers. Okay. 
Um, and I think that is something that really more and more organisations are, are, are looking at, and they're looking at their suppliers' mitigation for, um, you know, for, for, the, for their supply chains okay. as well. Okay, thank you. Um, now, how, um, let's say, um, looking at uh, EDI issues in, in uh, equality, diversity, and in, in, uh, in inclusion, how important are those issues affecting today's procurement decisions? So we have a, um, as part of the Alliance Group, we have many standards. You have a standard for procurement, standard for sustainability, standard for facilities and estate management, etc. And ESG is a huge part of that. So, you know, when you look at uh, CSR initiatives and the, you know, um, equality and diversity, they're a huge uh, part of what we do so from a tender perspective it's 10 okay. it's 10 percent of, uh, of, of the marking marking okay yeah. uh, and we're very careful to make sure that people walk the walk we, we you know if we issue a tender we want to see demonstrable evidence that they are good they are and it's not just a case of ticking um, a box we gave a thousand pounds to the local charity last year we want to see more interaction and, and what you are doing for the actual you know, for, for your uh, local local environment. Um, it's something that we have, have had a huge uh, focus on for, for a number of years. Uh, in our local environment, we okay. have supported schools and um, uh, and local charities for, for, quite, for quite a num number of years. And that's the sort of thing we like to see our suppliers do. Be involved in. Diff like different suppliers have different pet projects and that's, yeah. that's fine, but things like a cash donation that that doesn't really that doesn't really wash, wash with you no yeah. I, I i get that um i mean hawkey cleaning and support services are very keen on aligning ourselves in terms of with uh, uh, the our our clients preferred choices of charitable yeah. things rather than ourselves it's about our clients mm -hmm. so on um how and how in, I know sustainability. You've mentioned Gareth is a big thing for you yeah. and stuff. And so, how important is sustainability issues with a supplier that you work with in so, terms of markings? And so, similar with the to us, the with the <coughs> EDI, it all kind of falls under the same kind of ESG. Yeah. Um, for me, I suppose my frustration is when people talk about sustainability, they talk about net zero. Yeah. They talk about the you know uh, environment, and that's not to to, to dismiss that in any way but actually sustainability is so much more it is and it becomes very easy for people to be focused on net zero and it's good that people are focused but just remember that there's all these other parts that, that go to it whether Community it's the, yeah, and, and living things. wage all these different different aspects you know the right to clean water the right to be able to you know to yeah. eat all that sort of thing are um, you a real uh, a real living wage um yeah. employer yes we are right yeah. and that includes with your supply chain Yes, yeah, it's one of the things that we. Uh, okay. And to be honest, um, a lot of our clients as well, when they when you know when they come to us, they want to see that a is something we do, and also that we make sure that our. It's our the right thing do. to do, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, what is the you know the next trend in procurement suppliers, like Hawkey Cleaning and Support Services? We need to wake up to. Um, I think just touched on it really the realization that sustainability is more than just green just, okay. greenhouse gas you know more, more than net zero and that um you know you mentioned resilience and business resilience covers a, such a wide 
area and, yeah. and ESG kind of fall, you know, touches all those points for me. And if you have a good ESG um, uh, structure, to me that's reflective of you as an, mm -hmm. as an organisation and probably means that you have, have good, um, you know, you, good governance you know, yeah. by definition. Okay, thank you for that. Um, so now looking, not, I'm not saying on the dark side, but <laughs> what, what, what's your biggest regret in your career to date? Now it could span the whole of your <laughs> career rather than your current role, but what, what's your biggest regret? Um, I try not to have regrets because I'm, I'm happy where I am. And without all the mistakes, and I've made a lot of mistakes over the years, then I, I wouldn't be where, where I am. But I suppose if there's one, it would be that I didn't move into procurement sooner. Okay. Um, I, I, as I mentioned, um, you know, my, my wife's best friend worked in procurement. And even when she used to talk about it, it didn't, it didn't flick didn't a switch. It didn't turn a light on at all. And I didn't realise at the time, actually, I was kind of doing quite a bit of it already in my operation operations role. So, um, yes, I, I think uh, that's probably my, my single biggest regret would be that I didn't move into procurement. Do you uh, still talk to your wife's friend? Yes, 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 yes. So yes, you're probably best very... buddies now then Yeah, well. she, she works for, uh, for Orbis, which is a Surrey and Sussex okay. uh, County Council. Um, and sometimes, you know, if, if I've got... Um, yeah, if there's something I'm trying to work through, whatever, I'll, I'll bounce something. You know, bounce some ideas off and stuff. As I do with, you know, as I said earlier, I'm a member of the SIP South London branch. You have people who work in the NHS, work for the government, uh, work for, you know, um, a whole host of different uh, organisations, bet, you know, betting companies. And sometimes, you know, obviously you can't go into too much detail, but if you're just trying to work through something and you just can't think... Yeah, you need just, another perspective. Yeah, maybe. we've got a WhatsApp group. You just ask a question, you know, and, and they do they do the same. And so um, you've mentioned, is it SIP South London? What what's what is that? So SIPs have branches dotted all around the, the country. Okay, what does it stand for? And um, uh, Chartered Institute of Procurement and okay. Supply. And um, yes, yeah, so uh, I'm on the committee for the uh, South London branch. We there's a group of us that relaunched the um, the branch in. Uh, September 2019, just before lockdown, so <laughs> we were happened. just getting we were just getting going, and uh, but actually, I think lockdown in some ways was quite beneficial because you spoke a lot with each other on Teams and things like that. But or? also, we had a lot lots of webinars. So whereas uh, meetings before were face to face, so we we had them uh, in London, etc., and you you get quite a good turnout. Suddenly, we have people from all around the world dialing, right. dialing in, and so, this is all procurement people. Yeah talking yes uh, yes and it can be about anything so we've had um uh, webinars on software as a service on uh, a corporate and social uh, responsibility um i did uh, one uh, with some colleagues on um social value okay uh, so a whole you know um, some on different legal aspects as well um we're having one coming up on uh, the procurement uh, procurement bill so this isn't a question that I had planned, but I mean, so as a young person that wants to get into procurement, is there avenues where they could join those webinars? Or does yes, it, yes, yeah. just go onto the SIPS page, go onto events. Okay. You don't have to be a member of SIPS to uh, They don't to have to be. No. Okay. No, uh, some, are, some are free, uh, most are free, some are pay, and of the free ones, some are face-to-face -face and others are... Uh, Fantastic. Our, our, our webinars. So that, yes, that, there's a, there's that, a, that's very interesting. Quite a wide range. So, 
Now on a positive note, so what's your greatest achievement in your career to date? Um, I would say probably getting my master's. Um, I left school at 16 with a couple of O-levels um, and before studying for my, my uh, Chartered Institute Procurement Supply uh, qualifications, hadn't had any uh, education in the best part of 40 years. So, um, so getting my master's at the age of 56, I think, was probably um, uh, my fantastic, my best achievement. And finally, Gareth, um, what I always ask this question, it's, but it's just always interesting to know. So, what things in life, I mean, could be in work, it could be in leisure, that, that give you the greatest satisfaction and enjoyment? Um, gosh, this sounds really corny, but my family. Okay. Um, I have two children, my son, who's, who's 30 this year, and he's, I'm very proud of the young man that, that he is. And my daughter, who is, um, she's 19 uh, in a couple of weeks, actually, and she went off to university in September. And... The way that she's grown, uh, she was probably mollycoddled a little bit. She won't, she won't um, thank me for saying that, but she, she knows, she knows that she was, um, and the way she's grown into such a uh, a strong young woman is is very. Um, You're not going to encourage them to go into procurement, then. Well, so my daughter <laughs> went to um, uh, the, um, oh gosh, my. Uh, a fashion college just at the back of the top. Okay, the, the London road. London School of Fashion. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she, so she was there for, as college, and um, they took some of the things they they do around buying. Yes. So I, I did try to have that conversation with her, and she doesn't want to do buying. <laughs> no. She was quite clear, but she was surprised because she didn't really understand what I did until I started to talk to her about. Well, actually, this is what I do, and okay, I'm not buying you know, fabrics, etc. I have a friend who uh, I met when studying who at the time was working at Ted Baker. Okay. So he was going to try and get a, a, a placement uh, for her, but as, you know, again, COVID came and, and kind of put the kibosh on that. But now she's at, at Derby University studying, studying fashion, so. Okay, um, I think that's almost brings us actually to a close of our um, second uh, podcasts. Um, I'd just like to say it's been very insightful and, and very interesting listening. I'd like uh, to thank Gareth uh, Davis for taking the chair today. It has been, uh, I think, for all of us, uh, both thought-provoking and engaging. Um, and we obviously welcome the support and feedback from our listeners. Gareth, I'd like to thank you very much. No, uh, thank you. Um, and if I might just say, you know, if you look on the IWFM or on the SIPS websites, there's lots of information about facilities management. There's lots of information about procurement, and it really is a, a career worth worth pursuing. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>